Hello, and welcome to A Dash of Salt with AJ. I'm your host, Ahsoka Jackson, author, podcaster, poet, and freelance proofreader. The last installment was focused on Aaron's role in the episode, including that battle with Galliard, and I want to finish that section up here. Returning to the combat aspects of the sequences with Galliard, I will admit I'm uncertain why Aaron took the extra time to smash the Jaw Titan's head, which is something folks have asked about. People feel that maybe if he hadn't done that, he would have had time enough to extract Galliard from the Nate before Reiner entered the scene. Especially since it seemed like Aaron already had the upper hand plenty well, and didn't need to do anything extra to secure the guy. I do have a twofold guess here, though. The first part is that maybe he was trying to make sure that Galliard wouldn't be able to harden his nape or regrow the limbs or anything like that in time to thwart Aaron's attempts to puncture the nape. I don't know what the Jaw Titan's abilities are in that regard, but with what we've seen happen in the past, it makes sense that Aaron would want to avoid having any last-minute surprises from the guy. Something like that could have both slowed the overall process down and caused additional damage to Aaron's own Titan, which is definitely not something we'd want to have. Especially not since this the third transformation now, and he's already used up a lot of energy for that. Heck, we get a glimpse of how trained he is in that little preview for episode 8. The other part of my guess is more about offense than defense. That he wanted to make sure Galliard couldn't attack him again. Remember, we had that moment early on where Galliard lunges, and Aaron deflected with a really nice, solid, well-timed punch, but Galliard countered quite effectively and actually took his right hand off. Even though Galliard got soundly beamed by Aaron and Mikasa in this battle overall, which is what he gets for charging an Ackerman head-on like that, <laughs> it's nevertheless true that he also made a super effective and impressive counterattack early on that showcased his speed, agility, and adaptability. And one thing I realized here is that when Galliard had the crystal shoved into his mouth, that also effectively worked as a muzzle or gag. But now that the crystal was crushed, this factor was no longer present, so there arguably was a much higher risk again that Aaron could get bitten. And if it happened in a similar way to what we saw earlier, losing a hand, Aaron would probably have had a great deal more difficulty in extracting Galliard from the nape. So I think Aaron was being cautious here and trying to make sure he'd more or less disable the Jaw Titan's offensive and defensive capabilities before moving for the coup de grace. And I'm guessing he would have been able to tell when Galliard was dazed by sensing the tension or lack thereof in the Jaw Titan's body. Once it went limp, that would have been his cue. I also uh, noticed that the Titan's hardened skull had started to crack at that point, so that may have been another cue for Aaron, plus it may have also facilitated the process of reaching the nape without too much obstruction. Okay, so I've discussed Aaron and the Titan versus Titan combat in this episode. Now I'd like to address some more general things about the episode. First off, I had this thought that subverted expectations, a phrase made infamous by the new Star Wars films, were a good thing this time. Episode 6 ended with a Survey Corps about to swarm Galliard, but then it's revealed in Episode 7 how that same moment was violently interrupted by the arrival of the Panzer unit, headed up by the Cart Titan. There's truly this back and forth in battle where each side took turns apparently gaining and then losing the upper hand. And that moment with the Survey Corps makes me think of one shortly after, which I feel summed up the dynamic that exists between Paradis and Marley, and the contrast between the two sides when they face each other militarily. Zeke says, Let none escape. Kill them all. And that's immediately juxtaposed with seeing Levi tell his troops, Don't die on me. Survive. 
Now, this is partly because of the immediate situation. Paradis is fighting on Marlian turf, and this is a limited, relatively precise tactical strike. They definitely don't have the capacity to mount an actual invasion of Marley. So for them, it's about getting the mission done and making it through that. While for Marley, they'll want to fend off the attack and also ideally wipe out this contingent of the enemy's fighting force. It'll leave them fewer to deal with later, plus there's the risk that any folks who survived the strike in Liberia could take valuable intel back to Paradis. But that said, it's also reflective of the larger conflict. Marley is seeking to wipe Paradis off the map, while Paradis is currently just hoping to make it through and survive. Annihilation. Survival. Those have always been the stakes and goals in this series, when you think about it. And there will be some interesting spins on those classic dynamics in this season. I can assure you. Another thing I really enjoyed here, more of that very dynamic and an immersive camera work that we got in episode 6. Loved that view we got of going past all those times in succession, like we were one of the scouts ourselves. And speaking of relating to or identifying with the characters, I think that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me in this episode. I mentioned before how the combat itself had this back and forth quality as each side had successes and losses. Well, I also experienced some of that on an emotional level. This season deliberately started us off with the Marlene characters before we got to the ones we'd already been aligning ourselves with for three seasons. So by the time we finally get to this strike on Liberio, we might feel happy in general that Paradis is finally striking back, and I definitely am happy about that to a good extent myself. But there's still a very bittersweet tinge to it, and it's hard to take much satisfaction in some of the more personal moments. I mean, I see Galliard, and especially Peek, just getting wrecked, and Peek loses her team from the Panzer unit, and Galliard actually gets physically forced into being a tool to kill off a comrade and probably one of Marley's best defenses. And as much as it's otherwise cool to see Aaron get this awesome win, and Jean also get some payback after season 3, it's not like I especially enjoy seeing the main folks from the LD and Marlian team suffering in the process of those victories. Again, that's kind of the point, right? The scary, creepy cart titan who's a pain in the neck and messed up victorious moments for Team Paradise in season 3, we now know her as Peak, the quirky, funny, and also quite smart character who contributes skillfully to her team and also cares about them as well. Galliard, he's cranky and has a mean streak, but it's somewhat understandable, and he's shown that he can be a darn solid guy to have on the job. And of course our boy Reiner. Season 4 has taken the traitor who devastated our cadets and caused the death of Aaron's mother, and has made him one of the most beloved characters in the series from what I've seen. Speaking of Reiner, I can finally say what I want to regarding Falco in episode 5, now that it's been revealed that he's alive. I'll address that in the next episode of the podcast. Alright guys, thanks for listening today, and I hope you've had a great time. If you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications on so you can get updates. And you can help make the podcast more visible for new viewers and listeners by leaving a like, share, comment, or review on whichever platform you use to listen. YouTube, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, social media, etc. Be blessed and stay salty.